When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Cast is here with Clutch Gene Sports right after this. What is up, Faithful? How's it going, John? Man, I'm pumped. You know, just the, the 49ers football's here. Had such a great time. Got to see so many awesome people, including your boy, Rohan. Got to see Brad. Got to see whole many, so many other awesome friends that, you know, we, we've kind of gained along the way. But above all those things, 49ers football's back. We got stuff to talk about. And I'm so glad to be here with you, man. For people that don't know behind the scenes on our channel, Marco and I have been texting for how long? How long man, have we way, been? Way too long, man. <laughs> I, I, it's been a long time um, coming to get you on the show or, or me on your show. Um, glad we could finally get something, especially during training camp season, man. I'm excited to talk training camp with you, John. Man, how, first I've of got all, pages how of notes over here, bro. I, I've got all kinds of stuff to get to, so I'm pumped. First of all, how was your drive there and back? Did you get traffic or not? Yeah, it was it was a longer drive than I was anticipating coming from the East Bay, but uh, that's okay. I don't care. I'm not taking a flight, booking a hotel, and renting a car. Like it's cool. Hour and a half each way. That ain't too bad. When I first started coaching, you know about this. You oh, coach yeah. too. When I first started coaching, my very first year, I lived in Denton, Texas, and I coached in South Dallas. And if you don't know, that was an hour and a half minimum drive every single day. And I loved it. Working 90 hours a week, I had no complaints. So this is not too big a deal. I, I was driving with a smile on my face the whole day. And that's that's the best part, man, especially when it's something that you enjoy, you love, you're passionate about. It makes it that more exciting. It makes the drive there. Like, you're so excited. I remember, uh, like, when I usually go to camp, I usually need day of, and, like, I'm so excited to get there. I'm, like, driving like a little kid, like, super happy, going to a candy store. Yep. The best feeling in sports is when you're headed to an event that you're so excited to go to. John, first question I got for you, man. You were there. You got to meet people. You got to see things. Before we even talk 49er football, how was it to be there with the faithful, enjoying the time? What was the best part about being around the faithful, my man? I'll say this, and it was clear from the start, the energy from every single facet of this. So 
parked in red lot. You take a shuttle over. You get like a wristband and all this stuff. Everybody was just level 10. Everybody was. The, the drivers, everybody. The wristband guy. Got to see Nick Clark, who hosted an amazing party. He said he's in charge of fan engagement. Crushed oh, it yeah. today. The people that were there, there were kids everywhere. The players. It was just, it was really weird to be in a situation or setting where everybody was just pumped up. I, I don't know who the happiest person was. Usually it's me in a room. The rosy cheeks give it away. But everybody was just elated, man. And so practice, I thought, went awesome. It was a light day. There's no shoulder pads. But it was just clean. Everything was clean and efficient and hyped the whole time. And I think that's the best part about uh, going to training camp is being around the fans, the excitement, the energy level. My favorite part when I go to training camp is seeing the little kids that get to go to training camp and be so close to the environment um, and, and be so happy. Like to me, that's the best part of going to training camp is seeing little kids that it's their first time out of game, seeing young yeah. people. Like that's the next generation for me. That's the best part. Um, now you got to see a lot of things going on. Now what's the number one player? Who's the number one player that stood out to you that you were like right away. It was like, Whoa, he stands out. There were two obvious players on defense. Now, again, I have to put some caveats on this. Without shoulder pads, you kind of have to eliminate defensive line, offensive line. They're very difficult to evaluate. And as a former coach, I would tell my players when I was coaching D-line or offensive line, like, look, these days aren't for us. This is dress rehearsal. We're getting out there. We're going through the motions, working on footwork, things like that. Don't worry about winning one-on-one. -on -one. That's not what we're doing here. So you eliminate those from the start. Fred Warner. Talanohu Fung on defense. Good Lord. Those two, and I, they're, they're all pros, so it makes sense. But to come out day one as an all-pro, returning all-pro player, and to be making plays on the ball and jumping up all over, bringing nothing but energy. Hufunga was the first you know, starter guy that was out there, and that's kind of his M.O. I was really impressed defensively by those two. I, I mean, both of them starting fights, talking trash. I mean, that's just what you want. If you get Hufunga fired up, talking best, he's the most respectful dude on the planet. Danny Gray, I mean, him and Danny Gray were going at it, which I love. And, and that's, the, that's the best part I like about camp is Brandon Ayuk bringing out that dog in Hufanga because you don't see Hufanga do that. But since right before that happened where, where Hufanga flexed on Danny Gray, Brandon Ayuk just flexed on Demo. Like yep. he flexed on the nominal Lenore. So what happens? Hufanga gets one back and he flexes back, talks that smack um, to the chat. Shout out to Segun Alubi. Um, we lost him last year um, when the Niners didn't sign him. Um, mm -hmm. He went to the Colts. Shout out to Alubi, man. Sent me a, a video for my school um, where I was teaching. No way. Um, gave them a shout out uh, to the uh, Empire Elementary Eagles. Um, I thought that was one of the best things. My students loved it. Shout out to him. I hope he's doing well. I, I talk to him every once in a while. Um, but we did lose him last year when we did not re-sign him. Um, there are a lot of good linebackers, man. It was rough. This linebacking group is is deep. It's going to be very hard to see who stays along the, the core. Um, now, there's the running back tandem, right? Because Christian McCaffrey sat out today. It looked like it was precautionary, no injury or anything. Kyle just decided, you know what? We need to give him a day off. The, the yeah, guy he said he didn't want him to... going three days in a row. Yeah, the guy does not know how to stop, so we have to give him a day off every once in a while. 
with Christian McCaffrey out, who stood out to you the most out of the running backs? You know, I mean, Mason looked good. Mason looked like Mason. Now, here's my problem. And Elijah Mitchell looked like Elijah Mitchell. I think Kyle is kind of stuck at the running back position, not mentioning Christian McCaffrey, with who's going to be a receiving outlet option. You know, there was a part where, you know, they're working on the other side of the field almost the entire team. And the quarterbacks were over on the near field where the stands were, where I was with the the running backs and it was just pitch and catch you know walking through you know play action rollout throwing to elijah mitchell just standing there right and i was talking to matthew my buddy who i was hanging out with and i was like man i just counted four passes in a row that elijah mitchell didn't catch cleanly he's not even running around he's just literally standing there waiting for the quarterback to throw him the ball now he caught every ball but it was just like, golly, there's not a running back that has stepped up in the receiving game outside of Christian McCaffrey. But probably one of the best plays of the game, Trey Lance hit Ty Davis Price on a rail route, uh, probably about 15 yards down the sideline, perfectly in pace. If you would have told me that was Christian McCaffrey, then I would have said, hell yeah, that's exactly what Christian McCaffrey does. But mm-hmm. it was TDP. And so if they can get anybody to keep bringing that receiving option. And again, almost hard to evaluate running backs, running the ball without shoulder pads and tackling all that stuff. But I'm looking at which running backs are jumping off the, the, the eye test in the receiving game. TDP, I thought gained a couple points today. And and that's something where if you paid attention to yesterday's press conference with Christian McCaffrey, he gave TDP that praise. He's like, you know what? He goes, I got to give praise to, Jordan Mason and TDP for their work in the receiving game. Like yep. he, he was like, what they did in the receiving game is phenomenal. Shout out to in the chat, Bobo Super Chat. Uh, what do you say to the guy to guys that say Kyle is a good coach and that we need to go in a different direction? I think he is a great coach and a great culture. Um, now the way I look at it is there's two, there's levels to this, right? And what I mean by there's levels to this is, are you a great coach that knows the X's and O's, or are you a coach that brings an entire environment around? And I think what Kyle Shanahan has brought since he's been here for the last seven years is a culture, a culture that wants to win um, with his X's and O's. Now, does he have room to grow? Absolutely. I think yeah. every coach has room to grow. So the the fans that say, oh, Kyle's terrible, he's not a good coach, they're looking at the the how close Kyle gets there and he can't get over the hump. That's what they're looking at. We could have said this about Andy Reid, when he was in, in Philadelphia all those years, he's a terrible coach, terrible coach. Now you look around the league, every single team would prefer to have Andy Reid as their head coach because he's that good. In my opinion, he's the best coach in the NFL, so every team would want him. Now, I think it's more so fans um, trying to nitpick on what they see out of a coach. I don't know, John, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, if you look at Andy Reid, he didn't win his first Super Bowl until he was 61. He was in the league, you know, as a head coach since 1999. It took him 20 years, and he didn't win the Super Bowl until he got the best player in all of football, Patrick Mahomes. And still, they won it in the fourth quarter, but it wasn't like it was a gimme or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, like, you just, like, if you're sitting there saying Andy Reid's a better coach, like, whoa, at what point? Because Kyle Shanahan's 43. Andy Reid is 65. There's a big difference there between those two numbers. Absolutely. You're getting a much younger Andy Reid. Go listen to the Play Caller series of The Athletic that they put out. 
if you don't think Kyle Shanahan's the top five coach of the NFL as far as just respected all those things, I know he hasn't won the Super Bowl yet, and that's a legit criticism. But good Lord, it's hard to win. You got to get there. And he has constantly put this team in a place without a legit quarterback option. Nobody else can say that. Nobody else can say that. So I, I'm a huge Kyle Shanahan guy. The culture the Niners have is incredible. They're not out there drafting and signing guys that hit women and children. Like, I'm I'm totally cool with Kyle Shanahan as our guy. And I'm proud. You know, I brought my son to practice today. And I, he, I buy him Niners stuff. And I could do that with a legitimate, hey, this is a good thing to support. This isn't a bad thing. If I was a Chiefs guy, like I got friends that are Chiefs fans, you got to be kidding me. Wearing Tyreek Hill jerseys, Frank Clark stuff. No, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. I, I like where we're at. And I, I think I think the Niners had a situation at, at one point where it, they learned from their mistakes, right? Because they had they had guys like that on their What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ruben Foster, everything changed so, after him. So right after, so I, I love to see that as as their learning point on where they changed their culture because we did have a guy like that at one point. Niners don't have that no more. Now, mm. you, you led into a great segment right now because you talked about Andy Reid and how Andy Reid didn't win a ring until he finally got that quarterback. And that's been a talk of, of training camp, right? Who's this great quarterback? Who's going to be the, the quarterback that wins the the Super Bowl for us, that Lombardi, that sixth ring. Um, now, the leader in the clubhouse is Brock Purdy. That's right. no question. He's a leader in the clubhouse. But when you listen to things that Kyle says um, on in the media, it's sort of – he leaves. Debo today. I don't know if you saw the press conference with I, Debo. My eyes opened uh, when he talked there. I thought that was really interesting. And, and I, we'll get to that in a little bit, but, like, for me, I was going to more so on Kyle's end. It's, he's left the door open, right? Like, he's, I don't know. I don't know if I got the right answer yet. Now, today, did anyone move a needle, whether the two quarterbacks that were there, move a needle to put themselves in a closer spot to be quarterback one? You, you know, earlier you asked me which players jumped, and I, I, I messed up because I didn't say, well, two defensive, two offensive. I gave the two defensive guys. The two offensive players are Brett Ayuku, you mentioned, and Trey Lance. Trey Lance had a hell of a day today. 
If wow. you're just looking at, you know, and it's funny because I'm there at camp and I know everybody's charting every pass and every, and so I'm trying my hardest not to focus on that. But whenever it went to team, the three biggest plays of the day were all Trey Lance plays. And it's not even the big plays that were made that jumped out to me. He had a scramble play, which, okay, just, just bear with me for a second here. He had a scramble play on a rollout where nobody touched him, went for 20-plus yards, probably would have been about a 30-yard gain, whatever. We know Trey can do that. The very next play gets through read one, read two, checks it down to the outlet where Kittle was out in the flats. And that is the number one thing I want to see. Can, can Lance do Brock-type stuff? You know what I mean? Can he do when the play's not perfect – can you just check it down to Kittle, CMC, Debo, and just let them do their thing, which Brock was great at, and that's not an insult. But you have the best playmakers mm -hmm. in the NFL. Use them. And so to see limited reps, today was a light day, no pads again, but read one, read two, check down to the flats. That is the thing that Trey Lance has missed, and that got me pretty excited today. And, and I did hear on on one of the passes he threw to I believe it was Cameron Latu or or I believe that was he had a completion to him. Um, I was talking to my guy that was there and he was like, "Look, best throw of the day. People are gonna exaggerate that Danny Gray throw, dropped it in a bucket, phenomenal throw. It was like phenomenal throw. You can't you cannot say that wasn't a good throw." He goes, "But to me, the play of the day that Trey Lance made was when he got through all his progressions, came back to his final read, which was Cameron Latu threaded into a, a nice tight window." and made a nice play. He goes, that to me is the development and the growth I just noticed from Trey Lance today. He goes, we've he goes, we seen that here and there in this first two years. He goes, but that was impressive. Yeah. So the fact that you're emphasizing that is like, okay, now it's not just one person seeing this. Now, no. Trey Lance, right, his mechanics have been the biggest talk of the last week. Did you notice, in, and notice anything different, or is it people that are going to, and overanalyze that, oh, no, this isn't right, this isn't right, when realistically, I see what you see, the mechanics have changed. Yeah, I think, how do I say this? I don't, I don't want to come off as a pompous jerk, but I think I might here, and that's okay. When you've dealt with coaches at higher levels in quarterback play, when you talk quarterback mechanics, you're talking waist down almost 90% of the time. However, Twitter and social media, and not that it's necessarily a bad thing, but they want to focus on waist up. They want to look at shoulders and, you know, where this is release point. That's not where accuracy comes from. And I thought it was awesome because Kyle Shanahan got asked, I think it was yesterday or two days ago, yesterday. about the mechanics. And the first thing he said was his footwork's improved. That That's what matters. And so, you know, I hate to say this, this is maybe a negative, but where the viewing whatever is, it's on the field and it's low. So it's like whenever I go to a game, I'm sitting between the 20s, upper deck, the lowest section I can, I can get to, but upper deck because I want that all 22 kind of film where I can look down. The footwork was almost impossible to see during team drills today. So I don't want to like just make it up and say, yeah, it was better. 
but the accuracy was there. It wasn't like even the incomplete pass that he threw, it was Debo on a corner route, and Debo talked about this today at, at the press conference as well. And he, Debo said Trey put the ball the only place it could go, and it hit Debo on the hands. The only problem was Fred Warner was there at the same time and broke it up. Like Lance threw a perfect ball, but Fred Warner, the all-pro best coverage linebacker in the past decade in the NFL, just made a freak Fred Warner play. And Debo even said, like, Lance put the ball where he should have. It was perfect. But Warner's going to Warner. And, and that's the crazy part is we hear comments from Debo Samuel. And to me, the most interesting part about the Debo Samuel comment that led to me, like, wait, why would he say that, right? He was asked about Brock Purdy. And immediately started talking Lance. And I was like, wait, and but like, so in the middle of that, he goes, he and so he gets asked about Brock Purdy, and then he goes, well, Trey Lance, it's going to be a great quarterback competition. I'm like, what? Whoa, quarter? Why are quarterback one is Brock Purdy though? Why are we using quarterback competition? Like, there should not be those words are not thrown around unless there is a competition, right? And see, this is where okay, like okay, every person has a bias, whatever that is. I'm a Trey Lance guy, and I see my I see my sister Vicky Victoria in the chat here, and she's not the biggest Trey Lance guy, right? And we all have these different things, and we bring those to the table. I I wanted the Niners to draft Trey Lance before they traded up. Like I was I was dead set on what this guy could be. It hasn't gone well. Brock Purdy, seventh round pick, Mr. Irrelevant, whatever else, barely hangs on, makes the roster, shows up, and balls the hell out. So I'm at the point where. I don't want to call this a quarterback controversy. And Kittle joked, too. He's like, there's only been quarterback controversy since I was drafted here. I think it's Brock's job. I think if Trey wants to close the gap, I don't think that happens in training camp. I sure as hell don't think it happens without shoulder pads on and people flying around. I don't think that it happens with a protected jersey on. I think it has to happen in game action. Preseason won't weigh as much as what Brock's already submitted. I, I don't know. I think that this is – I think it's Brock's job, and I think that it should be. But listening to Debo and Kittle, I feel like they both know it's going to be more than one quarterback playing this year. <laughs> I really wish we could just have one guy, and I hope that's Brock through the whole season. I'd be the happiest guy ever. But we all do kind of want to see Trey some more. There's no doubt about that. But the one thing I will say, if you're somebody that's upset about any of this conversation, here's what I would say. It's going to work itself out organically. And if we beat our heads with this freaking quarterback, whatever, who's quarterback one, every single step of the way, you're not going to enjoy this process. Oh, no. The better all four quarterbacks play, the better it is for the 49ers. And that is a great thing. Today was a great day. Yesterday was great because we got Brock back. Today was great because Trey balled out. I hope Sam Darnold's the MVP tomorrow. Actually, I want Brock to be. But you, you <laughs> see what I'm saying? Like... <laughs> They they all can flourish, and that Absolutely. is a great thing. Absolutely. They all can flourish, but the, the thing that – and the reason why I'm talking about the Trey Lance situation is because he was the main quarterback of the day, right? Now, Brock Purdy's the main quarterback. That's the main conversation. Like That's where it should be. But the thing that stood out to me the most, and I noticed this during Trey Lance's rookie, uh, rookie year and last year during camp, he didn't seem as confident um, in himself around the veterans like he felt like oh this this is jimmy's team they don't really they don't really mess with me um it is what it is and then last mm -hmm. year like even as he's taking over the team like he was kind of like 
They still want Jimmy around. Like, he was kind of, like, timid, right? And then George Kittle goes out, and he's like, hey, he, he has a confidence about himself. It's different. And then he's like, he's not second-guessing himself. He's confident. And then we hear Kyle talk about him in the huddle. To me, those are the those are the steps that needed needed to be taken, right? So I'm excited about it. We have another chat from a super chat from Bobo. Uh, oh, shout what's out up, to Bobo? Bobo? Thank you. He said Trey needs to learn how to slide like Steve Young did. Absolutely, get down, protect yourself. Only way you're gonna stay healthy in the NFL. Yeah, you're not a linebacker. You can't go up with these kind of guys. Um, take care of yourself. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. And uh, you know, I've I went back several times last year and just watched. It was just two games, really just five quarters of Trey Lance playing in the Chicago game and then the start of the Seattle game. And, man, he took some huge hits, but they were all at the first down line. And Trey even said, like, man, if it's third down, I'm getting the first down. I'm not going to slide. Yeah. And it's just like I get that mindset. And Jalen Hurts ain't sliding. You know, Patrick Mahomes ain't sliding. They're getting the first down, then you get down. So it's just such a small sample size that we critique this kid for that's 23 years old. And so – he just needs the time to mature. Can the Niners afford that luxury? I don't think so. But I'm excited. I'm more excited about Trey Lance now than I was two days ago. Even with the Brock Purdy news, I'm more excited now. And, I, I, I again, I'm going to keep harping on this. I think it's a good thing. Hey, absolutely. And one thing I would recommend, too, because I know you stated you're, you're sitting low at camp. Uh, best way I do it, like the, the, every year I go, sit high. Yeah, I sit at the top row and I stand up. I'm short. I'm 5'10". It's what it is. But I, I love that downward angle. And yeah. it's just, you know, I get – because I think they only, it's only like nine rows of, you know, high school bleacher seats or whatever. But, I, I again, I'm perched up there. I'm trying to climb on the thing. <laughs> well, next time I need you to climb the – they have they have like the little pillars. Climb the just, pillar and that's just right, chill man. up there the whole time. That, and that's what you got to do to get the, the best of you, all right? <laughs> Um, Chapman athleticism on check. We'll see it. <laughs> <laughs> so Danny Gray, right? He's a guy that I've had my eye on. Uh, I felt like last year he was a one-trick pony. Didn't really know how to run routes the right way. Didn't know yeah. how to use his speed to step on DB's toes, how to break in and out of routes. Um, now, today he had a deep ball from Trey Lance. Um, but how did his routes look outside of that deep ball is it is he struggling to get open what are you seeing from Danny Gray do we have another receiver that's a bust potentially no I don't the thing that I was okay so the Danny Gray thing is interesting because he has a new safety net that the Niners I don't think had a plan for and that's punt gunner he's elite he was an elite special teams player the last two months of the season as the punt gunner reminded me a lot of Raheem Mostert like people couldn't touch him he was great there. So that special teams value is huge. And that's why I think the Niners will give him more time, even though at the wide receiver. He had one catch last year, and it was from Josh Johnson in trash time. The speed's there, and this is the one thing. It's, it's a pairing, right? It, it's Trey Lance pairs with Danny Gray. I don't think Brock Purdy does. He can, but that's not really Brock Purdy's game. And again, not insulting anybody here. It's just... Man, when Trey got injured, Danny Gray's season was done. And he's got to work on something. I was watching just their opening warm-ups, the wide receivers. His cuts were good. His feet were good. You know, his stemming was good. I was like, man, it's it's there. But I remember watching tape last year just saying, that is a bad route. That's a bad route. That's a bad route. So I don't know. I'm curious to see what it's going to be like when pads get on. I can't stress that enough because you can be physical in shirt and shorts, but the mental makeup of a person changes whenever there's Tala Noah Hufunga and pads sitting over there. 
that just changes things. So two BD is what I would say there. Uh, okay. But I, I think the fact that he could just hold on to that sixth spot with special teams that I like. And so he has time afforded to him because he's bought value back. I think so. We'll see. I, I think he's got to be around for this year for sure. And, and that's, that's good to know because that mentality is, is instilled in someone. You can't really develop that kind of mentality of physicalness. You either have it or you don't. And if yeah. he does have it, we'll see it. If he doesn't, you'll notice it right away, which when pads come on, shout out to Victoria, um, pads come on Monday. They usually come on the fifth day of practice. So they should be on Monday. Um, we should see um, a little thud go on. Niners never – they never take it to the ground. Uh, they say that they try not to. They usually thud up. Um, and that's what you – but receivers, if you're coming down that lane, you're going to get hit. You can like, put a shoulder pop there. So we'll, we'll see We'll see what goes on there. Um, now, we talked Danny Gray. We know, we all know Brandon Ayuk is the receiver he is, and, and he's phenomenal. Anything impressive from any of the other guys like Tay Martin, Jawan Jennings, any Tay Martin competing? Tay Martin. Which, you know, I, I see Tay Martin as a lot more of a slot Jawan Jennings type guy. But man, they were using him on some go routes and he was posting. Like he stacked a corner or two. Now he's going against, you know, the twos and threes. But I was pretty impressed at how he kept getting behind. I counted twice in team alone where he was behind a, a corner in the deep third. And I was like, oh, I didn't who's – who's 86 out here, baby? Like, he's showing out. So – because he's one of those bigger, you know, wide receivers, taller, you know, whatever. So – but the speed showed out. So I was pretty impressed by that. And I know the Niners are high on Tay Martin. They He's tough. He's a physical guy. But if he could get some of those outside snaps, I think it's guys like Tay Martin – Ronnie Bell, um, Danny Gray, like those guys, Chris Conley, these are the guys that are fighting against each other for that last roster spot. And so uh, we'll see. It's going to be fun. But, yeah, Tate Martin stood out a little bit today. There were a couple times in team. That's the thing. So, like, I could watch position drills, and I could say this guy, something good about this and something bad about this on every single rep. The coach in us, it's just what it is. But when you watch team and you're like, whoa, who was that? Whoa, 86. All right. There we go. And the thing is with Tay Martin, he's my bold prediction to make the roster. I, I really think the Niners. I like be, that. Because now when I watch him, right, Jawan Jennings is going to be gone after this season. I don't think they're going to have enough to, to keep him around. Well, hold on, though, because Jawan Jennings sat his first year. So that season did not toll as far as a counted season. So it's his fourth year. He's a restricted free agent again next year because I thought he was exclusive. I thought he, I thought people could offer him contracts, but so, we had the match. So they can, but again, like the Niners contender him a third round pick, whatever else, and then kind of stash him. So just like this year. So yeah, a, a, if a team wanted to offer a third or whatever pick, but the Niners will have control of where he goes for one more year. Cause I thought that too. And I looked it up. He did not get an accredited season, so that didn't count. So he will not be an unrestricted free agent like most people will. Like Ray Ray McLeod, he's going to be a UFA and can go wherever. Uh, Juwan Jennings only has two accrued seasons in the NFL. So after this year will be three, the Niners can kind of control where that goes. But I think we got one more year there. But I thought with the restricted free agent, uh, it's either original – so you could place different tenders Correct. on him, right? So, for example, so he'll get paid somebody's... a little more, but it, it'd be like $2.5 million. 
Like so it's not I, going to be high. So for them, they could either place a first or second round tender, which is six million and four million respectively. Original round, which is a seventh, seventh they won't rounder, do that. Which he would do or right of first refusal, which would most likely they would do, was two point six million. And at that at that cost, I don't think. I think they they don't hold on to him. I think the team would offer him about five million a year. In that and so, range. if that happens, we get their second. So, if the Niners put a second round tender on him, but or they would a third have to round pay him. If they, if they if so, that, if, for example, if they put a, a a second round tender on him, there's no third round tender. I don't believe. Uh, right. For the restricted Unless page. that's the when they're drafted, and then you can yeah. do the original round. The original. So, if for example, if he's given a second round tender, they have to pay him four point three. I don't think the right. Niners pay him that at all. You don't, so I don't think. I don't think they would put a second round ten- tender on him. Well, yeah, and I mean, if that's the case, then you've got the compensation pick formula where you just let them go sign somewhere, kind of like Kendrick Bourne did, and then you get that you know fifth, sixth, seventh round comp pick back instead. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Man, I don't know. If I was Jawan Jennings, I would I would find a way. I don't know if it will work out. But I love this. This is a good conversation because I'm under the impression he's coming back next year. Because I think they like him that much. Unless somebody jumps out, Ronnie Bell, you know, the names we just mm-hmm. mentioned and said, you're on a rookie deal, then great. But, I mean, I would pay I would pay $4 million for Juwan Jennings. I don't know if I would. Because especially if you have a guy like Tay Martin who shows up, I think he has better hands than Juwan Jennings. And then not necessarily better hands, but better focus when the ball hits his hands. Juwan Jennings has a he has He's a got concentration drops. drops. Um, yeah. So if one of those guys or Danny Gray shows up, it makes more sense to roll younger, cheaper, and then use that extra $3 million towards mm. like a guy like Brandon Ayuk's contract or whatever the case may be. Um, so I, that's why I don't, I don't see Jawan Jennings sticking around. Now It's going to be fun. We, we got we to redo a show whenever time's up, and we, we got to see who's right. And absolutely. I hope I'm right because I want to keep him, but well said, man. And you cited your freaking your proof and all that. I love it. Awesome stuff, Marco. This is this what – conversation and sports broadcasting is about and so a lot of times i do solo shows and so this would have been skipped over but uh you got to keep me in check man that's what's up <laughs> i appreciate that john so yeah that's what i don't it, it, it all depending on how kyle feels about jennings right does he mm-hmm. fit who's his quarterback is it is it purdy is it lance like that also plays a factor into because if it's if it's lance i think you have an option to get rid of him and keep tay martin or gray over him but that's it's it's very nuanced. That's yeah. a lot of time from now. Um, what's important though is Colton McKivitz. That's important. Now, no pads. The pass rush is different. Run blocking is different. How did he fare today? Because I'm very worried right tackle position. Yeah, it it's weird going from. It's funny because you know going to all these games, you're used to. There's certain people that just stand out on the eye test. And Mike McGlinchey was one of those. The dude's a giant. I mean, 6'8", you know, big old white dude with long arms, all, hands always on his hips, whatever. Colton McKivitz, you got to go, You got to look for him. You got to. And, you know, whenever you're going from, you know, Trent Williams, 71 out there who stands out, 
The rest of the offensive line, not so much. Even Spencer Burford next to him, the eye test says like, ooh, yeah, that's small. That's <laughs> small, that right tackle. But I saw nothing today uh, the whole time I was watching because when I was watching the line, I was watching that too. Um, I was also curious where Nick Sakel was going to be primarily. He was the backup center primarily. Um, but I, I didn't see anything that gave me alarm. The thing that we have to see from Colton McKivitz, and this is you got to put your Kyle Shanahan goggles on here. What can he do blocking downfield? That's his weakness. He's better than Mike McGlinchey in pass protection. He has been his entire I career. So. I don't think, I think so. so, man. Last camp. So the reason why I asked this is last camp, he was absolutely terrible in pass pro. And that was against backups when Trent and Mike were both out. Um, they were they didn't really have uh Bosa go like they kind of like hey Bosa like you're kind of ruining my practice here go sit down bro so watching that last year that's what worries me and then in regular season he's been spotty so I'm curious I'm I'm very curious on why you what you see from Pasper on why he's better yeah I think that his recovery is way better than McGlinchey's now McGlinchey just got paid like top tackle money and so I, I like I understand I don't I do not expect um I, Colton to step in and be better than Mike McGlinchey overall. I don't. He he's a great value salary cap. The Niners are saving a lot of money there by making that transition and you know getting a third round compensation pick next year. But I don't know, man. I I don't think that he's a bad pass blocking tackle. If you look at the the week four game against the Rams, I went through and I cut every single clip that he had pass blocking. Dude didn't let anybody touch the quarterback the whole game. And as soon as he went in, they put Aaron Donald over him for over half of the pass rushing snaps, and he didn't have an issue. Uh, in fact, he pissed off Aaron Donald like three plays by pushing him after the play and talking trash. Donald was pissed. And so it's small sample size. And, yeah, is he going to struggle in one-on-ones in camp? Yeah, that's not an offensive lineman drill. That's a defensive lineman Even, drill. And, and I'm not talking about one. I don't. I never put one on ones. Uh, right. Eleven on elevens because one on ones, you're always at a disadvantage. Any defensive player, whether it's receiver, cornerback, defenses disadvantage. Offensive line, defensive line, defense has the advantage. So I'm not talking about one on ones, but in elevens, he struggles. So that's what I'm worried about. And so that's what we got to see. That's what we got to see. And you know, if I'm Kyle Shanahan calling plays, I'm not protecting his ass. I am. You are one on one with whoever's over you. If that's Bosa, whoever, you got to figure this out because we need to know if I have to protect you all the time with a tight end, with Kyle Juszczyk, with somebody chipping on you. I need to know that in camp. And so, yeah, that's something for sure to watch once the pads come on for sure. Um, but yeah, to to be determined because the best tape we had on him was on the left tackle spot. Now he's right tackle. So there's a lot of question marks here, Marco. I think you're right. And this is just one of those things we got to wait and see on uh, Monday when the pads come on. And I think Kyle also, I think Kyle will protect him in camp if he's struggling in the sense of, I need to run a damn offense. I got to figure yeah. out something. Because Kyle's, Kyle's a very interesting coach when it comes to practice. If he's getting worked by his defense, he will figure out, okay, what are they actually running? I'm going to throw a bomb on you or I'm going to make something happen with my play calling. So he will help him out if he needs the help. Um, so that's something I'm, I'm very interested to see on, on that right tackle position. Now, opposite side, same kind of lineman, Drake Jackson going up probably against McKivitz. What did you yep. see from Drake Jackson? He looks good, man. He looks the part. 
I mean, he, if you ever listen to Drake Jackson talk, you're just like, oh, check out this young kid. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he's cute. But he don't look cute no more. Like, the dude belongs. And so he's standing next to it. And, and there's a big difference. Like, again, I talked about this, the eye test. You got Eric Armstead. That dude stands out no matter where he is. Javon Kinlaw stands out no matter where he is. They're just gigantic. And now you have Drake Jackson not saying he's near as big as those guys. He can't be. But he blends in. He doesn't stand out like a sore thumb. And so, like, I was just looking at the defensive ends today, and I was like, oh, you look at Austin Bryant, number 56, who we signed in, speed rusher. That Tiny. dude is a freaking telephone pole, man. Like, he is just, shoop. <laughs> no hips, no anything. He's like a track sprinter. But then you look at Drake Jackson, and it's like, okay, okay. Like, you see the bulk, you see the physicality. Him and Cleveland Farrell were the two ones today at the edge position with Bosa out. I'm not quite sure Drake Jackson's the starter or even like I, whatever, you know, Kyle Shan was kind of tinkered around this question as well, but I, I don't, I think Drake will eventually be the guy. I don't think that he has to be the guy early. I really like this idea of Cleveland Farrell and Drake Jackson rotating in um, just because I think you can get the best of the best out of both of them. And I thought Cleveland Farrell looked good today. I thought Drake looked good today too, but I was pretty impressed by Cleveland Farrell. I, I really, I thought that his hand placement, all that stuff just kept screaming like, this is a vet. This guy knows what's up. And if he could just take his, his game up a little bit, like Kucerik does with everybody, he looked the part to me. And I think, I think Farrell does have the advantage on Jackson because of the, the veteran experience. He's more NFL ready and more, not ready, but NFL shape. Like he's been, he's been in NFL system, locker room working out for a couple years now, a guy that I'm very, I'm very interested in. I, I don't, I was very intrigued when we drafted him, Robert bill jr. Anything stand out? Did he have any good reps or was it, uh, that's kind of a bad, bad. Reps. I didn't even notice him. I was, there was a 33 on the offensive side. And so I printed my roster, um, of all the numbers. And I was like, all right, where's, where's Robert bill at? Where, oh, there's 33. And I was like, no, he's playing f like, no, he's on the offensive side. He's wearing red. That ain't him. Um, so I, I didn't really get to see much. And again, I was not purposefully trying to watch D line today. I literally almost like omitted them on purpose. Uh, come Monday that will change. And so, you know, we'll have to get into some more O line D line talk then, but I, I got nothing for you. Now, if you want a rookie that stood out without pads, Jair freaking Brown, that dude, first person on the field, the first, he beat Hufunga on the field today and the dude is massive he is standing back there with the safeties and everybody looks tiny now it sounds like i'm like really big on size but it's important when a rookie shows up and physically belongs in the nfl and jair brown that dude belonged inside in and out of breaks crisp ah I would, I would, I could have watched 27 on the field all day today by himself i i wasn't the biggest trade up for a safety guy and when the Niners did, I understood it, not I, I, just the positional value, whatever, you know, with our first pick trading up for safety. I don't really like that idea, but I'm one day in. I'm much higher on Jair Brown than I was uh, yesterday by a considerable amount. That's very interesting because Jair Brown does have NFL sized body. He, he's a guy who when you look at him, even at, when he was in college, he has that physical stature of the imposing where he's in. A, if he comes and hits you. 
he's going to be a guy that um, is going to bring the force. Um, so I'm excited to hear how he does. I think by the end of camp, he'll, be, he'll start getting reps with the ones. I mm-hmm. think that's what – they're going to slowly implement him. You better earn it. That's Kyle's M.O., especially for rookies. You got to earn it. I'm not going to hand it to you. So I'm excited about that. He was Shout working out. with the twos. He wasn't working with the ones, so. Makes sense. Shout out to Jordan, some Bills fans in, in the house. Uh, shout like out to it. my guy, Rohan, you know. Shout oh, out we to got him. Rohan in here. That's awesome. It was good seeing him in person. It was my first time. Got to see him and Brad Graham in person. And, man, if you don't mind, I got to do this real quick. This was important because I met so many kind people today out there. So I just got to run through some names right here. I'm sorry. Yeah, this shout is, it out. No, this is important to me. So shout out to my man, Matthew. Uh, had He was helping me spot players and all kinds of stuff. Him and May. Um, awesome family. Marcus, Jenna, Emma, and Miles. You guys were incredible. We had an opportunity to eat lunch with them. Met Gay. Um, let's see here. Nick Clark absolutely killed it. Eric, our IG guy, Debbie and Doug, man, it was just cool. And so I appreciate everybody that comes up and says hi. It means a lot to me. So if you do go to camp and you see me, please come say what's up. That That is priority one. Um, I, I, the community is everything. So just want to say thank you to those people that took time out of their day uh, to come say what's up and uh, just build that relationship. So thank you guys. No, absolutely. I love that you give give those fans a shout out because first thing I asked you today was first question is how was the environment? How were the fans? Like oh. that's more important to me than at the end of the day is is being around those fans. It, it's a where I know we argue, especially on, on Twitter, <laughs> like the fan base loves to argue. At the end of the day, we are a family. Yes, yes. Like, we are a 49er faithful family at the end of the it day. It felt that way, man. It really did. And my son, it's cool. My son's 15. He's a teenager. Okay. You know, he's a teenager. But he was like, dude, everybody's so nice here. And I was like, yes, yes. That That's what's up, man. The family environment, the culture, uh, it's a cool place to be. That's, that's amazing to hear. Uh, I got to ask, on because I know the environment was there. Who was the most electric fa- uh, electric player that got the fans engaged? Because I know Fred Warner normally does it. I know Hufanga is kind of one of those guys. Is there anyone else who got the fans into it? I thought rookie Roddy Bell did a good job. And so I thought that he did a really, really good job. They, they started off practice with the Cupid's Shuffle, and it was Spencer Waggy, uh, Jake Moody, and Ronnie Bell. And Ronnie Bell was by far the most enthusiastic. That was Sourdough Sam was out there as well. So that showed up early during the practice. Kittle was talking to everybody. And I got to say real quick, shout out to Kittle. I put a video out there of George Kittle working out without pads on. And <laughs> I I put it out there. I was hey, like, it looks like. on that one. Oh, dude, I got, yeah, it got me. I, cause I was like, that's George Kittle, right? And I'm zooming in. Everybody's, zooming, yeah, that's George. Everybody's like, that's George Kittle. And so I put that out there. Uh, immediately later, I saw 85 with pads on and I retweeted and I said, Kittle's full go. He's out there practicing, whatever. George Kittle tweeted back to me uh, and said, Hey, John, that's not me. That's our punter, Mitch Wisnowski. Thanks for the comparison. Uh, so uh, just, I, I got to make fun of myself there. So I apologize. That's on me. They do look exactly alike, by the way. Um, but that's okay. Uh, I do got to put out, our, I messed up. The fact that our punter looks like a <laughs> a all pro tight end is insane. Mitch like, is a beast, man. He's a big guy, man. He he lives, and that's how he got hurt, man. It's it's cool to see that he he's into it. Um, I got to talk cornerbacks, right? Cornerbacks are secondary. It's 
kind of fairly young at, at the same time as you have a couple of experienced vets in there. What corners outside of the top two? I know Charverius Ward, he's a arguably you could put you could argue that he's a top ten corner in the NFL. Um Demo is ex- excelled last year. Um is there any other corners that stood out to you? I know you, you charted stuff. Um I know everyone wants to hear who is in that range on who we should be excited about. You know, one of the things that I thought was interesting, this is a bubble player, Ambry Thomas. Position drills were kind of like right over in front of us for the corners. Ambry Thomas was fighting several times just to get to the front of the line for drills. And so I love that he's got this sense of urgency, like literally was pushing like I'm going and I love that. So, like, I want somebody that wants to fight. The whole thing with Ambry is he can play football. It's just when the pads come on, he kind of shrinks down a little bit. And, you know, the D.C. Steve Wilkes, who was awesome today, I had a blast watching him. He was so animated. I was really impressed. But Steve Wilkes said, you know, Ambry's done everything right. We just got to wait till the pads come on. And so I love that he's got that sense of urgency. Quantrez Knight, 43, he showed several times today. The backup nickel guy behind Isaiah Oliver. I don't know how they're going to keep him. I really wish that they could because he's that damn good and he just jumps off tape consistently. I thought Miles Hartsfield had a rough day. Um, I didn't think Samuel Womack had an overall great day, but the number change threw me off too because now he's zero. He was 26. Now that's Isaiah Oliver. There we go, man. So, yeah, I I like seeing that from Ambry because he's got to fight to keep this spot. And what's crazy is so – I know a lot of people don't know, but Ambry Thomas, so his rookie year, um, he battled with um, some kind of medical condition. So his his last year at Michigan, he yep. battled with a medical condition that forced him to drop a lot of weight and lost a lot of muscle. So his, his rookie year, he was trying to get back to himself. Um, that's where it kind of, it's kind of struggled to be in the NFL with the strength of the NFL. So, Hopefully we see year three him what he truly is. Um, yep. If he could ex- uh, emerge into a solid backup, I think Demo has it locked down as a starter. He can't he cannot not pass up Demo because Demo put on phenomenal tape last year. So Demo belongs, man. That dude. It, it's just weird. His career arc trajectory is almost identical to Brandon Ayuk's. Oh yeah, and it's just like they're opposite. They are firing back at each other, and that's the best thing for Demo. He's a hyena. That's his self-proclaimed nickname. And so, like, that's huge. And, yeah, you you talked about the colitis with Ambry Thomas. I don't want to write him off. I really, really don't. I'm, I'm excited to see what he is, but, you know, the number two corners today, you had Ambry Thomas, and you had Samuel Womack outside with Quantrez Knight in the slot, and I thought I thought Quantrez Knight just looked quicker than everybody else out there. I really did. So I have another bold take for Ooh. the 49ers Rush podcast. I like I like these bold takes, baby. So Quantrez Knight makes the roster over George Odom. The reason why I say this, he is capable of playing in the nickel. He could play safety. He, he is a Swiss Army knife in that secondary. He is younger. He is cheaper. You could you do you lose a good special teams guy. But you're telling me that Quantrez Knight can't play special teams? Now, I I like that. My problem with Odom is I don't even think he should be playing safety snaps at practice. I understand why you do it. But, like, I think the Niners would value 
so many players over Odom at safety. It's just he's so good at special teams. What does that look like? Um, but man, I like this take. I, I really I think it would make the Niners defense better. Is that worth it having that depth piece? And I would say this if there was an injury at the safety position, it would make that even more likely with mm -hmm. Jair Brown, Hufunga, and Gibson. You're three strong there, which is great. But if you were too strong there, I I see exactly where you're going. I mean, I, that's something I would do if I'm if I'm the 49ers, the way I construct a would structure my defensive back room. Now he's essentially he's your third, second string um, nickel corner, and he's a, a good safety. So for me, for me, that's something I would do. Um, John, biggest thing I have to ask: coaching staff. Out of all the coaching staff, was there anyone? Obviously, Chris Kasarik, um is that hype guy. Is there anyone that took on that hype role for the defense? Because we lost. D'Amico Ryans, who, in my opinion, was probably the most exciting coach to watch when he's on the sideline. Yeah, I think, you know, there were a couple things. And they're both offensive coaches. Kyle Shanahan coming over and doing the passing drills during uh, for the defense during their turnover period where, like, he just kind of lobs it up and lets the defenders pick him off. That got the energy going really, really high. I thought that the D.C. Steve Wilkes, that dude was – he was – he was laying into some of the DBs during DB. Like, he does not let anything slide. That dude is a stickler. And, you know, I was worried because going from, you know, D'Amico and Sala, who are so animated, that's not a concern, especially with Fred Warner out there. He's going to keep everybody going. But Brian Greasy, I thought Brian Greasy, Whoa. he was out there running routes for the quarterbacks. Like, it was purposefully a light day designed for the quarterbacks. That dude was running 20-yard routes for freaking Sam Darnold. Um, it was funny, man. They were giggling, having a great time. And so it was cool to see, like, the cultures. It's a pretty damn good group. And so I know that there's going to be animosity, but it's not needed on the first day. This, especially for a team coming off an NFC, back-to-back -back NFC championship losses, you got to kind of regroup and come together before the fire starts. And that fire is going to start Monday when the pads come on, like you said. Absolutely. Fire starts, fires created. And it usually comes from the linebacking group, right? Like that linebacking group is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. That's in the NFL. Third linebacker. That's a, that job's up for grabs. Who, Oren who, Burks. Right Oren now? Burks was there today. I ah, like Oren man. Burks, man. I think I'm, Oren... I'm big on him. Oh, I'm very curious because I don't think Oren Burks is a linebacker that I'm trying to see. Even if it's base situation, I know base the base defense only plays about 20% of the time at that. But Oren Burks, out of the linebacking group, I'm going Marceline, uh, uh, Marcelino Ball. Um, I think he's a, I think he's the guy who could, who might take that job. He had um, the green dot on today, so he was playing Mike almost exclusively oh, because he, he had the helmet. Yeah, so he was the backup Mike. So the Mike depth chart today, again, it's going to be fluid. Was Fred Warner, Marcelino McCrary, Ball, Curtis Robinson. So those were the three Mikes that were getting reps. Oren Burks was with the first team at the same spot. Uh, you know what that means? Old spot. You know what that means? If you guys recall. Aziz had the red dot in camp yep. his first year when he made it as a backup because he was the Mike. He did both. He, was, he did both. So what that means, and, and this is how I've seen Kyle kind of make his depth chart in the past couple of years. His guy, his third linebacker, is usually the backup Mike. 
he puts a lot of pressure on them, a lot of responsibility on them, and then it allows them to develop even faster. To me, it might be that might be what's so, going on because I, yeah, I was going to say he's... because Curtis Robinson he was playing Sam and Mike today because he was he was second second string Sam third string Mike during the rotation today. Now I don't know if those are you know just go get out there at Sam because it's always different or whatever else. But Curtis Robinson was jumping back and forth today. D Winter stayed at will. Um, Marcelino McCrary ball pretty much stayed at Mike. Curtis Robinson was jumping back and forth. DFF got some Mike snaps, but again, I see DFF very similar to George Odom that he's a special teamer, not really a linebacker, uh, break casing, you know, break glass in case of emergency. But yeah, I like your t- Marcelino McCrary ball is a scary looking human being. You just look at him. It is terrifying. Looks like Carl Weathers on the Predator. Uh, some people get this reference. Uh, <laughs> dude is jacked, man. And plus, he's got the boxing. So I, maybe I should have went with Apollo Creed, but uh, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. That's funny. You know, I think I think McCreary Ball is going to be the guy that um, is that third linebacker. Um, I think he's going to eventually take that spot from. Um, uh, you said Oren Burks was there. I don't think Oren Burks is a good linebacker. I think DFF is better than Oren Burks. I think he's a better linebacker in the sense of what he could do. I'm curious to hear now. A lot of the there's a lot of rookies at linebacker and tight end. How did those rookies look? I know Jalen Graham was there. D. Winters. We had Cameron Lotu, Braden Willis. How did those guys look in your opinion? Yeah, I had a hard time with the tight ends. I'm going to be honest with you. Where they were at was the opposite side of the field. And that was the position I was probably most excited to see. So I, I'm, I'm going to give myself an incomplete here. Um, I, I didn't get a lot of time to watch them. Um, it did seem like, you know, Warner and Dwelly were getting the very early first team reps um, over the the Young Bucks, which I kind of expected. Well, I mean, Kittle, of course, but... Whenever Kittle wasn't out there, it, it seemed like 89 was the first one up almost every single time. Uh, but outside of that, uh, I just have to give myself a complete incomplete there. Uh, so I apologize for that. No, no worries. And I don't want to make stuff up. You don't have you don't have a hundred eyes on you. You only have two uh, one set of eyes. Uh, so it's very hard, especially when you're at camp. Like you want to watch everything. It's but then like you man. get stuck on something on one plane and you miss something else. So like it, it's one of those ones where you're doing the best you can and you're providing great quality content great quality analysis of what you're seeing. Um, I'm curious because Cameron Latu, Braden Willis, like they're both drafted. They're, they're supposed to be the, the next guys up. Um, I'm curious on how that plays out. Same. Um, Same. Did you notice any Jalen Graham? Like he's to me, Jalen Graham's, I don't think I'm curious because Jalen Graham reminds me of a little bit of Oren Burks, a guy who can play special team, is going to struggle in, in pass coverage, and he'll be a good guy that could stop the run. I, I don't think there's much to it. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you there. Um, I, I like him. I like his instincts. He has the least physically imposing skill set of all the linebackers, but he's just an instincts, old-school kind of linebacker hybrid safety. Um, now, real quick, Michael Cooper had a comment uh, a little while ago, and he said, John, I don't want to be rude, but why don't you tell us why you like Oren Burks? Here's why I'll tell you. When Oren Burks played last year, he did not make mistakes, and I think that's what is wanted at that number three spot. Is he a playmaker like Aziz? He's not. He is not. And I want the Young Bucks to eventually take over. Not yet. When you have two elite playmaking linebackers and Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw, I want – 
you know, this safety, calm, cool, collected vet until they're ready. You look at PFF scores, and I understand it's kind of a joke or whatever. He was the sixth highest defender of the entire 49ers team last year. The dude didn't make mistakes. He doesn't have missed tackles. He is where he should be. He's played a lot of football in his career. Long-term, I don't want Burks to be that, but we're talking somebody that gets 17 snaps a game. And early on, I want that to be Oren Burks. I, I'm higher on him than most because he does his job consistently. Um, and he do, he's never in the wrong place. And, and that's why I like him. And the thing is with defense is, I think defense and offense in the sense of if you have one guy that does not do their job, right? Yeah. I tried to fill the gap because I thought you were not going to be able to fill. It breaks off 90-yard touchdown. So like this defense, with, do your job. We have playmakers. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing with, with the NFL. Even in NFL in general, if you have one guy, you could even go take it down to Pop Warner high school levels that are like the, the very good high schools and colleges. The one guy that does not do their job, they end up giving up big plays. So yep. I totally get what you're saying in the sense of a guy that just does their job. Um, I, I'm excited to see what happens tomorrow at camp. I'm excited to see how Brock Purdy reacts um, to a good day from um, Trey Lance. I'm excited to see if Brock's – and I, I want you to be real because I'm going to text you. I want to know if Brock Purdy's arm strength is there. That's why um, everybody's going to be watching. Because if his arm strength isn't there as, like, as strong as it was last year – in camp, his arm strength did not look good. Now, regular season, it looked And that's not his game. Camp. That's never been his game. He has one of the weakest arms in the NFL. Like, there's a reason why he was drafted where he was. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting because if it's even worse, that's an issue. But it's going to take time. That's the good thing. And I just can't believe he's out here. I thought – I said it was a 90% chance he would start on Pup for camp. I was wrong then, and I hope I stay wrong. Uh, I love me some Brock Purdy. I'm excited, man. Tomorrow's going to be a blast. Hey, absolutely. Tomorrow's going to be a, a great day, especially to see how who takes QB2 reps. Like, right, like that kind of uh, says a lot. Um, but, John, I appreciate you for coming on with me. Shout out to the 49ers Rush podcast. I appreciate every single listener. Hope you guys enjoyed the, the great back and forth communication that John and I had. I hope it leads you. To come over to the Clutch Gene Sports channel and yes. subscribe. Uh, Go really subscribe, guys. guys. Go subscribe. The description is it's in here, right here, the description of this audio, video, whatever. Support quality people. And that's what Marco is. Uh, I, I've been friends with Marco for a while. He's an educator, cares about people, just overall good dude. So this is somebody that I massively support in any way, shape, and possible. So go support good people. Hey, I really appreciate that, John. I uh, really hope everyone enjoyed today. You guys are phenomenal. Man, as always, stay hydrated. It's the summertime. Make sure you guys are drinking water. It gets I'm drinking hot. beer after this, though, Marco. I'm just going to be honest. Hey, that's you, you You deserve it, right? You you earn that beer. Like, that's like, right? And so, especially if you guys are going to camp, stay hydrated. It gets hot. Drink as many waters as you can before you go the day before. They offer water. Take the free water. Drink yep. water, guys. I appreciate everyone for tuning in. Hey, thank you, John. Hope you guys all have a great rest of your guys' day.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.